So there's a story that's breaking in college football that doesn't have anything to do with OU. But Adrian Martinez has entered the transfer portal. Nebraska quarterback. Am I dumb in that I could not believe and fathom that he still has eligibility left? Did you? It's like, wait, COVID what? here, man. So, so that means of some of the quarterbacks that are in the portal, if you're just, you know, if you're worried about Caleb Williams, I don't think Adrian Martinez would be a guy that would intrigue Oklahoma fans, no. but the Fresno State quarterback definitely would. Why am I blanking uh, Gabriel out of UCF? Is in Dylan Gabriel is he's in the portal too? So there's a couple of names that, if things end up turning, where Caleb Williams says, "Love Oklahoma is a great time, but you know I came here for Lincoln Riley and I'm moving on," then there's options that are out there, right? Unless. Unless Owen Field, Josh, becomes Rucker Park and Ralph Rucker is the real deal, baby. That's right. Unfortunately, I don't think so. Dude, the Rucker Park nickname, though, would be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic. All right, before I get to Demetrius, I want you to read the text message off the Air Comfort Solutions text line that got you riled up. We teased it a while back, and I don't think we ever got to it. But I'm I'm trying to tie up all loose ends on the show today. Yes, and let this be my public acknowledgement that if you ever send something this stupid again, I'm blocking your phone number. All right, here we go. 94-7, guys. Hey, Lincoln Riley is a traitor. He's a snake. He was talking to USC while coaching at OU. Also, 94-7, guys. BV is our guy. He's a great guy. O-U-D-N-A. Currently, BV out recruiting for Clemson December 1st, posting picks with players while talking to OU. Same, same, don't you think? Um, no, I don't. No, no, it's not. And I think that in a lot of ways, you know, I'll, we had Josh McQuistion on a, uh, yesterday, and we talked about that, right? We talked about that quite a bit, and the whole thing is he was kind of surprised to see it, but he's not the head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. And we're talking about the acknowledgement that in all of these, from what I've been told, is it's, hey, you know, there's a chance he could be a head coach somewhere else. Clemson is not going to stop Brent Venables from being the head coach at Oklahoma, nor will the defensive coordinator position at Clemson uh, become something that BV would rather do than be the head coach at Oklahoma. So you can try to say, well, him saying that he's out recruiting guys is the same as Lincoln. No. People are really – I saw, you know, I saw something today that, that kind of made me mad. And it's a friend of mine. And he had tweeted. I almost unfollowed him, but I thought, gosh, you'll see this. It was the numbers came out for how successful Big Noon Kick and the 11 a.m. kicks had been. I saw that. And it was, yeah, it was a great note, really cool note. And his point was, well, hopefully this will shut up the Sooner fans that are complaining that there's no ratings at 11 a.m. And I thought to myself, I don't. Of all the complaints that we've had about 11 a.m. kicks, I don't think ratings have ever been an issue. It's been Cruton. It's been I want to sleep in. It's been I drive X number of hours to the game. 
It's been, I want to be able to drink a little bit more before the game. I've never, and I mean ever, heard anyone say, but what about the ratings? I mean, I think that in these conversations, they couldn't care less, right? Well, and I think most Oklahoma fans would turn back to that comment and respond with, you're welcome for the ratings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. They, us in Ohio State appreciate. You know what's going to be a fascinating TV number to look for this weekend? What's that? Oh, Oklahoma State Baylor? Yes. That's going to be a fascinating number. Um, the kind of game probably matters a lot. But it's going to be something for Big 12 fans that they're and Oklahoma State and Baylor fans that they're going to hang their hat on quite a bit uh, if it's good. Yeah, they better hope it's good, right? I mean, Bob Bowles being everyone, I mean, they better hope this isn't just some disaster uh, Big 12 championship in terms of the ratings. I, that's That could be an important bargaining chip for the league moving forward. All of the Big 12 offensive and defensive players of the year have been announced. I'll get to them coming up in a bit. Not a single Sooner won an award. Um. Is Demetrius still hanging in there? He is. I'm sorry. Demetrius, welcome to the show. What's going on, buddy? Uh-oh. Demetrius, Demetrius might have bailed. Oh, good morning. I left him there too long. I left him there too long. That's my fault. Okay. So the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year is Brees Hall. Surprise you at all? Offensive Player of the Year was Brees Hall. I mean, B. John Robinson, we thought maybe was going to wind up being that guy. It never, I mean, it was a disastrous season for Texas. Not really right. that good of a season for him. Uh, can't really say uh, a quarterback took this thing and ran away with it. So, a little bit, maybe, but uh, I mean, you have to give the award to somebody. <laughs> Somebody's got to win it. Okay. Def- because I thought, honestly, you know, I, I think from a running back position, you could have had like five or six guys, right, that you could have been considered as as candidates for a Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. I really do. But, again, I, I have no problem with Brees Hall. And to me, he was deserving. He set a record for the most consecutive games with a touchdown he was, let's see here, I thought I had the individual stats in front of me. Maybe I don't. But he was the uh, leading rusher in the Big 12, um, had the most touchdowns. So I just, again, and I know his team was kind of a hot mess, but I don't have a problem with it. Okay, defensive player of the year. Have you seen these yet? Uh, no. Who would you guess? Rodriguez. Because I think they got this right, too. Okay, that would have been my guess, too. Uh, Did you hear that? Did I tell you yesterday, or was I talking to Chad McKee about this? I had Malcolm Rodriguez in my spotlight this week, and I called him Dalton Rodriguez. Do you remember who Dalton Rodriguez was? I I recognize the Might even be listening right now. Dalton Rodriguez was the guy that I thought was going to save Tulsa football. (laughs) But Dalton Rodriguez was an Oklahoma Sooner uh, commit who – I th- now, if I get this wrong, Dalton, correct me. Either he wanted to be an, o- a, an offensive lineman and they were trying to make him a defensive end or vice versa. And he went to Oklahoma but then transferred to Tulsa. And unfortunately, a superstar college player, a high school player, rock star. But it never really panned out. In the, in the vein of a Brian Pickerel. 
But yeah, I called Malcolm Rodriguez Dalton Rodriguez, and it took me, Josh, three days to figure out where I got Dalton Rodriguez from. I didn't know if it was a character in a TV show or what, but I felt like a dummy. Anyway, Malcolm Rodriguez was not the choice. It was Jalen Petrie at Baylor Mm -hmm. who was named the Defensive Player of the Year. Offensive Newcomer of the Year, Jalen Warren at Oklahoma State. Okay. Defensive Newcomer of the Year, Siakika is the defensive lineman out of Baylor. I think I'm saying it right. Might not be. I need Toby on that one. The Offensive Freshman of the Year, which is where I thought that you had a shot with a with a guy like oh I don't know Caleb Williams, right? Nope. The offensive freshman of the year was Xavier Worthy. It's a good choice out of Texas. Good choice. Didn't quite get to a thousand yard receiving a thousand yards receiving this year, but did go score twelve touchdowns and averaged fifteen point eight yards per catch. Now. My vote would have been Caleb Williams, but Xavier Worthy gets the nod. Hey, Perry. Uh, the defensive freshman of the year, Colin Oliver out of Oklahoma State. Special teams player of the year, Tristan Ebner out of Baylor. Offensive lineman of the year, Connor Galvin out of Baylor. Co-defensive lineman of the year, uh, Uzoma, is that how you say his name? The kid out of Kansas State. And Will McDonald and the Chuck Ninus coach of the year went to uh, Mike Gundy. So a lot of Baylor and Iowa State influence on the players of the year. Anything that really just kind of shocked you? Oh, run those last few by me again. I was I was answering the phone there. Oh, I already clicked off of it, so just say no. It was uh, it was. I don't think anyone no, none needs of, to none go of the in big depth names. on the defensive player. <laughs> none of the big names surprised me. I would agree with you. Uh, I think Xavier Worthy makes sense as. I can understand how that was a choice for offensive freshman of the year. I still, if I had a ballot, I would have voted Caleb Williams, even though obviously uh, final, you know, two of the final three games, you, you wind up losing those games. And in some ways, uh, offensively, it was a little bit of a struggle. I mean, the guy did have a 400-yard, six-touchdown day in this league. So probably Caleb Williams would have gotten my vote. But, you know, n- nothing – Nothing earth-shattering, shocking. Yeah, I, I don't think you look at it from a uh, from a perception of, oh, yeah, they screwed us. That's me. But, again, what do I know? Um, I mean, maybe some people feel that way. I don't know. Uh, all right, meanwhile, one other thing that I need to get to, and it's this. We brought it up last hour, and it was the – Potential landing spots for Austin Stogner. Now, again, remember, Stogner, I don't want to say he struggled this year, but I think it's fair to say that he was very much, he was kind of on the outside looking in of playmakers until the Oklahoma State game when H-backs became a major part of it. They have they have listed the possible landing spots as follows. Ohio State. Utah, South Carolina, and Iowa State. Here's what Farrell said about it. Always had excellent potential as a big and athletic tight end. It's no surprise to see so many teams reaching out, and he is a clear high-impact 
group of five guy perhaps even more valuable now than he was out of high school. In the right offense, he could be a touchdown machine. Agreed. Still think he's a really, really Boy. talented player. It was a just a strange year for Austin Stogner, and ever since that hit against Kansas, it just kind of dissipated his uh, career here at Oklahoma. And I mean, I, I thought Stogner was of that Mark Andrews-ish type mold. Me too. And was going to be somebody that was – you know, going to be close to a double-digit touchdown receptions sort of guy, you know, in that neighborhood of 35-plus type receptions. And, man, this year it just did not materialize for him. Instead, Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis sort of became the, uh, you know, more reliable targets uh, right there. So, I I don't know. I I still think he's got a bright future, though, wherever he he winds up. I agree. All right, let's get a couple calls in here. It's eleven fifteen on a Thursday with the Plank Show. Uh, Rex, welcome to the show. What's going on, Rex? How are you? Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey, Rex, you're on the so, air. Hey. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, I just had a. Yeah, I can hear you now, sir. Thank you. Uh, I had an opinion about Bob Stoops being the head coach for at least a year. You know, and the reason I think this is because you know he was excited to jump back into the interim coaching position. And I think what's taking so long is they are getting him his assistant coaches and, you know, to retain Caleb Williams and some of the, you know, the first stringers, he's trying to, you know, stay. And I think that that's what he told the players, maybe, you know, to, to keep them here. And I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but that's just, I think, okay. I, I, I don't, hate the idea, Rex, and I appreciate your phone call. It's just Bob Stoops has made it very clear that this is very much a short-term thing. Right, Josh? I mean, you were there on Tuesday. You saw it, and he was funny. Don't get me wrong. He was funny. But it it became very clear to me that this isn't something that's going to last even until probably 2022. Right? He's going to be gone by then. Yes. And President Harris made the point, believe me, we've already tried to convince Bob Stoops to make this, you know, more than just an interim thing. And I don't think President Harris was just saying that to say that. I think legitimately that was an option, you know, an initial option on the table for President Harris and Joe Castiglione, and that was quickly rebuffed by Bob Stoops. I think he he said, hey, I'm happy to help, happy to step in uh, – and, and Bob Stoops has been gracious in doing that sure. in this interim sure. role. And he's been, you know, a, a rock and has stabilized this situation for OU. But it's only going to be of the interim variety. It's only going to be for this bowl game. And Bob Stoops, like you said, was quick to make the joke, yeah, Joe, Joe C. won't take that long to find the next <laughs> he won't man. won't take that long. No, he, he's not going to be a long-term solution as the uh, head coach here. All right, let's head to one of my favorite stops before we take a break. They've got a Love's. They've got tons of great restaurants, including a Whataburger. Ardmore Sooner. What's going on, Ardmore Sooner? How's it going? I'm doing well. It's great to hear you all on a, on a Thursday morning. You guys do a great job. Sure appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Hey, I had a couple questions you guys can both kind of answer. Uh, first one, uh, I haven't heard a lot of discussion uh, regarding um, Lincoln Riley's feelings, you know, towards the SEC. I know Josie commented a little bit on that uh, during the the presser. It, was that a real thing? To me, it makes sense, you know, that 
once once OU and Texas are off to the SEC that you know uh, Riley probably told his agent to maybe put the feelers out and and USC the perfect a perfect fit for uh, for his brand of football kind of the Texas Tech kind of air raid stuff and I know he tries to run it a little bit more but right. seems like it's generally kind of a softer mentality what do you, what do y'all think about all of that. Um, I've said this a lot and I think I've been, I think there's, I've been kind of consistent on this. I can't allow Josh in my mind to grasp that Lincoln Riley didn't want to compete in the SEC. I just can't. I, now if, you know, I thought Josie answered the question, well, you know, I've had a lot of people that say Oklahoma needs to beef up its recruiting department and this department and that department. And I don't doubt it. But Joe C., whenever he sat there on Tuesday, said, we all know that we need to improve these areas. So, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And, some, you know, we had Demetrius, Demetrius bailed on us today, but he brought up yesterday there was nothing wrong with that offense in 17, and there wasn't wrong anything wrong with the physicality of it in, in 18. But but it was uh, on more sooner in 19 and in 20 and in 21. You know, we started to see kind of moving away from as physical as we like to see it. So, sure. I, I, again, I, I, again, I just can't allow, and Josh, jump in here if you want. I can't allow myself to believe that he didn't want to compete in the SEC, and I know you're completely the opposite. I am very much the opposite, yes. <laughs> I, I, I do think that was a factor here. Uh, and, and not that he wouldn't have competed in the SEC. I think that uh, there was a realistic interest with LSU as well, or at the very least that Lincoln Riley was playing the LSU interest against the USC interest so that alone would tell you that I mean there at least at some level he would have coached in the SEC but I I do think that Lincoln Riley saw an opportunity out west with USC that would be very similar to the start of his head coaching career with less challenges involved and absolutely I think that was attractive to Lincoln Riley no doubt I do yeah I I agree last question I'll take it off the air um you know a lot's been made of the the Georgia's recruiting, uh, you know, his the defensive coordinator, his recruiting prowess. I think mm-hmm. he, people are also kind of downplaying Venables. I mean, I think he's been in the Deep South for several years now, and he has a lot of ties. And you know, for for a good three, four, five years there, his defense was, you know, you know, he was getting some tackles. They were the only ones that could go toe to toe with Alabama. So I, I don't want people to downplay Brent Venables as a recruiter as well. And I'll I'll take it off the air. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, he's he's done an incredible job. He really has. He's done an incredible job at at Clemson. I mean, dude, look on NFL Sundays. It's Clemson players everywhere. And that might be me because I watch all the Raider games, but uh, outside of Vegas, there's a lot of Clemson players in the NFL. I, I brought this up earlier, and I don't know if it matters much. I just – I think more than anything else, there is a there is a, 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 a I guess you could say feeling that every single defensive coach that you talk about, for some reason no one looks and says, Man, it could be Bob Stoops. They always look at the worst possible scenario. Could be Will Muschamp. It might be Gary Gibbs, could be Jimmy Lake. I think it's gonna be okay. I think it's gonna be okay. Um I just got this uh, let's see, who is this? I'm trying to make sure I don't share BS. The editor-in-chief of Nondoc Media is at the Board of Regents meeting, which 
uh, starting at 11 a.m. They have a lengthy executive session that's going to run until 3 p.m. Whenever he walked in, he said he heard some folks saying things like, we're going to be okay. So read into that what you want. But there is a Board of Regents meeting that was originally scheduled for Friday that is happening today. And as Dory points out, who is listening in Seattle, Perry, those stream numbers in Seattle, let's go. We are dominating the Pacific Northwest now. Take that softy, softy maulers there. Big radio, sports radio guy out there. Executive session just means only the voting members of the Board of Regents participate or stay in the room. Meant for confidential and sensitive matters. So, yes, could definitely be about a coaching hire boomer. Keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. It's Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hi, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network with... Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Don't forget the legend Mike Steely is coming up next. Um, Alongside Parker Thune. Thune. Sorry, Parker. I had someone someone ask me if Steely is really this angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he he is. (laughs) This is no this is no radio bit. This isn't some sort of some sort of drama, um, but this is this is legit, man. My guy comes in every day, frustrated, head shaking. I still can't believe this. So, when Steely and Thune take the air at noon, it's no created Sports Center. Um, let's see, what am I looking at here? Pardon the interruption, fake debate. Yeah. Do you know what pardon the interruption no just taking. hit five? Yeah, no, no. It's Wait, did I say pardon the interruption? Excuse me, first take. Thank you. Well, that, um, I mean, all of them. First take spent a good five minutes talking about Cliff Kingsbury in Oklahoma. Just like five minutes ago. Haven't we dispelled that? Hasn't that been destroyed now for the better part of, like, a, I, I don't know. I feel like this coaching search has gone on a month and it's been three days. Haven't we pretty much into that, Josh? Yeah, we we've pretty much okay. that. Why? Does nobody pay attention anymore? No, no, no. We need to fight and yell and scream about it. Here's I, I went in. Uh, if you missed the first part of the show, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show on a Thursday edition, we're live from Cavens Construction. That's where we spend our Thursdays, and you can learn more about what Gary and his incredible crew here offer by calling 405-573-3048 construction and maintenance from facility maintenance to uh taking care of a large spectrum of different offerings i was i I mentioned i had a celebrity sighting man tony walden was in here and and i know that walden's cleaners uses cavens to take care of all their maintenance need plumbing 24 7 emergencies they've got you covered 405-573-3048 3048. So I went through at the top of the show, and I want to do it again here quickly. If you've been with us since the start, feel free to, to jump on Twitter or the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405 651 3439. If you want to give us a call at 329 and if you want to add or take something away from it, because I feel like I, I, I feel like I've been able to add one thing to my things we know list. So let me quickly add. 
the one thing we know, because I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've got eight things on the things we know. Because we can deal in rumor and innuendo all we want, as you know, they like to talk about on something to wrestle with, with Bruce Pritchard. Rumor and innuendo. But, Josh, here's the things that we know. And I'll add my ninth thing that we know. The Board of Regents is meeting today, and there is some sort of conversation that's taking place about the coaching vacancy. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what we know. Uh, that's about all all we know from that. I mean, it, it, will there be anything newsy coming out of that, do you think? No. Is it just no, on, not the, docket just on the docket to be on the docket? Right. I think it's on the docket, and it's been slyly put on the docket, um, but everyone's sleuthing like crazy. I just so, don't know that that's super important. Me neither. But, I, I, again, I don't know. I just I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to plead ignorance on this front. I mean, I, I get it, USC. What? Perry brought up a great point. He's like, I guess USC didn't have to worry about that, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess not. They're private school. But I'm sure they would have known, same with LSU, well in advance. And maybe as an athletic director, you realize there's some guys that when you hire them, there's not going to be any concerns about a board of regents. So big deal or not, board of regents meeting does have some sort of conversation about the coaching vacancy today. Can we add that to things we know? We can add that to our okay. evolving list, things that we know. Okay. So here's here's the rest of it real quick before we break, just to get caught up. This hasn't dragged. And I know that, you know, there is some that say, well, there's this. Marcus Freeman's already hired at Notre Dame. Well, Marcus Freeman was on the staff. Everyone knew him. Right? I, and I don't, you know, do I think Brian Odom's going to be a great head coach someday? Absolutely. Do I think that someday, if he wants to, Kale Gundy's going to be a great head coach? Absolutely. But my sense is they haven't shown you know, an interest in one interview for this. They want to go out and do what they can to, to keep this class together. So, to me, this hasn't dragged. This isn't a situation where you're looking at it and, and it's taking longer than it should. That's one thing I know. Number two, and Teddy talked about this at length yesterday on his show. Brent Venables wants the job. Now, he's ghosted Ted recently, and Teddy doesn't know if that's a good or bad thing. I'm putting all of your reports together here in one thing, Ted, in one bullet point. But the one thing we know for sure, Josh, this isn't a situation where Brent Venables is balancing staying at Clemson and being their defensive coordinator or being the head coach at Oklahoma. He wants to be the head coach at Oklahoma. Number three, there was some sort of lighting that was delivered to Oklahoma yesterday, plus the dude's heart. Number four, and I guess now since we've added the Board of Regents things, number five, Roy Manning still listed as one of the Oklahoma Sooner coaches on their website. So maybe at least, you know, maybe the hope is, even though there was a lot of conversations and a lot written about it, maybe it was a massive misunderstanding. I don't know. Number five, number six, number, I don't know where I am. Coach Beanbow wants to stay. And the hope is that a new coach will come in and realize how special he is. The other three things we have here, this is going to be very secretive in everything and in every way. That's how Josie operates. He is very much clandestine, very much under the radar. You're not going to get much information. Except this. 
Matt Rule is not a candidate. Now, let me rephrase that. Matt Rule is not going to be the head coach. That's not to say, Josh, in some way, shape, or form, he might not have talked to Oklahoma or his representatives have been talked to. I don't know. But Bruce Feldman reported yesterday that's not happening. And usually when Bruce reports it, it's pretty much dead on. And then you added the things we know. The type of offense that's going to be run is going to be very important. Very important, right? Well, and I just generally would say who gets hired, both as the head coach and as the offensive coordinator, I think we know for a fact that's going to be really important in Caleb Williams' decision-making process. And I think we also know that he's open to the idea of staying. We know that. Because if he wasn't, he'd be gone already. He'd be gone already. And I don't think he'd be going to the basketball game. And I don't going out of his way to be basketball. in a public space. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a – I actually am leaning he is going to stay when it's all said and done. Dude, if Caleb Williams – think just think about this. For where – you know, I wrote – I don't know if the new Boyd Street is out. And, and I know that now it's kind of weird because there's a lot from Lincoln Riley on it. And, you know, we – Mark Desher, at OU Photo Guy on Twitter, does a really good job with the magazine. But, again, it's a magazine, so your articles are written by the 10th of the month before. But even with that said, Caleb Williams is on the cover, and we got to know him a little bit, right? We got to know his why. And, dude, is a competitor. And if you – and one of the things that I wrote about was you think about where Oklahoma was on January 2 or 3 of 2020. You had just lost your five-star quarterback commit. You had just got your butt handed to you by LSU. You were down. But Caleb Williams on July 4th changed everything by saying he's sticking around. Right, I'm sorry. He's staying with – are you siding with Oklahoma? Excuse me. I, I ruined my whole my whole point because now you, you fast forward, you know, a little over a year later and – you're wondering about the future of Oklahoma football, and you don't know who's going to be the next head coach. But Caleb Williams sticking around could end up making a a big time difference in the overall kind of feel and vibe of where this program is at. It might be time right, for quick, Caleb wait. Williams' oh. second Sooner Summit. I like what you're thinking, yo. I, so Caleb's not allowed to not talk to the media. Should we get him on? See if we can get them on. Heck yeah, we should. <laughs> Quick break. It's the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on the Home of Sooner Boy, as, uh, as Teddy likes to say, we've really gotten ahead of the chains here in this last segment, Josh, and I apologize. That's me. That's my bad. That's my bad. Um, is there any text messages you wanted to hit before I dove into a couple here on Twitter? There's so many that we can hit. Somebody just told us point blank. I mean, why don't we call Caleb Williams? It's it's our job. Why beat around about it? Let's just get on the phone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't really know if I would say that's my job, but fair enough. Here's one. This is good from the Sooner Football Fans Podcast. He writes, I'm starting to think we're going to get someone that none of us are thinking about. 
like some dude named Jethro from East Popcorn State, and he's going to be amazing. East Popcorn State, of course, being the college that Bob Stoops would always talk about whenever he was comparing <laughs> when he was comparing someone to a team. If it's when not, you would lay out if it's not pretty pinnables, is anybody gonna be happy? Sure. Oh yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Teddy won't be, but I mean I just I know that this is kind of some crazy talk, but I think for every for every time when you have a coach that people fall in love with and the person that they want for the job, and when they don't get it, you're mad. But then when you hear the press conference for the guy that gets you, you're like, oh, <laughs> Right. Okay. It doesn't take All long right. to hear the vision and the, right. the passion of whoever gets hired. In, in a press conference, it's about – one out of 10,000 that the press conference you come away from and you go, whoa, this is not going to work, right? I mean, you know, 99 times out of 100, the press conference, you leave it and you say, man, this this guy's got things figured out. This is next era is going right. to be great. I mean, you don't leave the press conference feeling bad about what the future of your program looks like. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I don't know. For me, it feels like this is such an overwhelming sentiment in the fan base for Brent Venables that I do think initially if it's anybody else, the the reaction's not going to be great at, at first until, like you said, that press conference takes place. Um, I've got a little bit more clarity on how you should feel as it pertains to the um, as it pertains to the OU Board of Regents meeting. I got a couple of things. Um, First of all, try uh, Thrice Savage on Twitter just tweeted, for those tracking the OU football drama, Joe Castiglione went into the Board of Regents executive session about 30 minutes ago. The OU auditor is also here. Plus, OU PD Chief Nate Tarver is hanging outside as well. And there, I, I'm going to read this article that they wrote about him in a second. And then I got this, and I'll, I'll keep this one incognito in case this dude doesn't want his name out there. I wanted to chime in on the importance of an executive session during a board meeting. An executive session is a confidential breakout. And listen, can I point this out? If you all know this, I apologize. Like I said, I'm a hayseed. I'm, a, I'm not a smart person. But I like to throw out information that makes me smarter and hopefully all of us. But he adds, an executive session is confidential breakout from a board meeting where members will discuss and vote on matters that are not for public perception uh, consumption. As you know, minutes from Board of Regents meetings are made public. Executive session minutes are not. With our current circumstance, there is a high likelihood that a discussion and vote for the head coach would occur. Whether this vote slash approval occurs today or not, the board will meet at some point in an executive session to grant approvals. My apologies if this is obvious. Just sounded like there was some possible confusion on the topic. Some possible confusion. Have you listened to me? <laughs> Lots of confusion. <laughs> but I think that kind of clears that clears it up, right? More than anything else. Yeah. No, that was a good explanation. And y'all have been awesome in explaining and explaining it to me. Is that even a word? Explaining it to me. Anything else in the text line you want to get to before we grab our final commercial timeout? Nothing uh, towards Brent. He's 50 years young, but Kendall says now at this point, 
it's not going to be Brent Venables. That's that's the camp that uh, he is in. There's a lot of people out there that feel like the longer this goes, the less likely they feel ultimately it's going to be Brent Venables. Do you agree I, I, with that? Can I? No, I disagree with that completely. Um, dis- disagree with it completely, and here's why. Because I think the feeling is, well, if it was Brent Venables, it would already be done, right? But there's a lot that goes that's going into this in a very short amount of time. And I've said this many times, and that's part of my just because this hasn't dragged and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean you can eliminate anyone. Now, do I do I want Brent Venables to be the head coach? Yes. Do I expect him to be the head coach? Yes. Does that mean he's gonna be the head coach? Absolutely not. <laughs> right? I'm not sitting here telling you that it is imminent or anything of that nature. But, you know, who knows? Josie could have been wowed by someone. Maybe maybe a, a person that he didn't expect to want the job suddenly contacts him and says, hey, you know, we talked the other day, and I, I know you haven't filled it yet, but can we talk a little bit more? You know, you have some time. Let me give you a hypothetical, okay? Do we have time for a hypothetical, Josh? Let's table the hypothetical. Let's, let's, let's... Okay. Will you not let me forget this hypothetical for those that are like, he's not, it's not Brent Venables, it's taking too long. Which, again, I understand it. I'm not saying anything. And who knows? Maybe in the long run you're right. But let me give you a hypothetical that might make you feel a little better. We'll somebody, get into it next. Somebody texted us. Oh. The one out of 100 bad press conferences might have been the Schnellenberger presser. Books will be written. I'll never forget him showing up at the Sun Bowl and being in the press conference during Gary Gibbs' last game or the John Hancock Bowl, whatever it was. All right, quick break. We're back to uh, wrap it up next with a hypothetical on why I wouldn't panic yet because Brent hasn't been named. Hey, Josh, let me ask you something. Let me answer something for you. There you go. Do you think on my way out of town, or I'm sorry, on my way of uh, leaving Cavens here, maybe I should take a little drive down uh, by the old uh, hangar, by the YMCA, and swing by Ozzy's, R.I.P. Ozzy's, and I don't know, just see if there's any activity over Absolutely. The I would love some some field reporting from you. I'm not going to the train stop, Eddie, <laughs> which I've laughed about all week long. But I tried to talk my wife in yesterday. I was like, hey. Hey, drive over by there. Just, 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 just go by there. <laughs> I'm a crazy person. But give my hypothetical. For those of you that say, well, if it hasn't happened yet, it's not Brent Venables. Again, I don't know. Just a hypothetical. Maybe as they've gone through this process, maybe as they've dug, there's a couple people that uh, Joe has really wanted to talk to, and, you know, they've said, no, 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 we, 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 we can't right now. And then suddenly, you know, after maybe thinking about it, or they say, let me think about it, it's like, hey, let's talk. These, these interviews that you have with these guys aren't like a radio segment. <laughs> these aren't 10, 15 minutes. These are, you know, we're talking about how many millions is OU football worth and not just to the program but to the university, Josh? I mean, these aren't things where you're like, hey, you feel good about the job? I'm like, yeah, all right, let's go. You know, you're trying to really dig and learn what these guys are about. So, you know, you might have settled that, hey, I really like Brent Venables and he's my leading candidate, but – you know, suddenly a Shane Beamer says, man, I really I really want to go more in-depth on this, Joe. I want to, I want to talk more about it. Or, um, or listen, a, a Matt Campbell or a Dan Lanning. Or, or suddenly out of nowhere you get a phone call and it's like, hey, 
John Gruden here. What's going on, uh, Josie? Well, and but I'm, I'm, you know now you're it's, coming it's off possible. a situation, Not Plank, Josie. where. You've had Lincoln Riley for five years, and five years from now, you'd like to not have to do this again, right? I mean, you'd like to get somebody in here that could be successful, that can be True. sustainable, and, and wants to True. be here and wants to stick around. So when you're trying to get the answers to those types of questions, no, you, you don't get that accomplished in a five-minute sit-down interview or a you know 15-minute phone call. Yeah, it's going to be lengthier than that. Correct. Absolutely, a bazillion. And, and so I guess my point of bringing that up is these aren't things that happen quickly. Um, if you've suddenly added a few more interviews or maybe somebody that you never thought would be interested in this. And if all of a sudden an agent calls. If unlike USC, you haven't been you know doing the interview process all, all year, it, it could take maybe even a little longer than four days. Sure, sure. All right, um, Josh, we got to go. We got to go. When we come back, uh, Parker Thune and Mike Steely. We have you covered next. For Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Blake. We're going to have a big Friday show coming your way right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Have a great Thursday, everyone. Thanks to the crew here at Cavens Construction for all of your – man, if you're looking at uh, a commercial building, residential construction – Remediation, restoration, plumbing concerns, roofing concerns, they've got you covered at Cavens Construction. We'll see you tomorrow. Celine Thuner next for Josh on Plank. The show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, and, of course, at Sports Talk 1400. Have a great Thursday.